0: Hey, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the uh, program, friend of the program at this point. We, we seem to be talking to each other pretty frequently now, which is a good thing. Uh, our man I see here. Man, what what a weekend it's been uh, for and extending through Monday for, for Hurricanes basketball.
1: I mean, great weekend if you're a Miami fan. Terrible weekend if you're an Indiana fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we, we obviously, we talked on, on Sunday um, and we'll, we'll definitely spend most of the time on the men because um, that's kind of where, where your focus is. But, um, yeah. you know, coming out of that bloodbath on Saturday night and Sunday night, you know, if you're an India fan, Indiana fan, you're at least thinking, all right, tomorrow we got one of the best teams in the country at home. We're going to pay this back. I mean, it's got to really hurt to then lose that game, too. Cause yeah. you gotta be thinking, all right. Obviously, like men's basketball is bigger. That's the you know, and and so you're upset that your men be like, all right, we're gonna get some payback here at least. And then to lose that game at home. Yeah, they got to be down a bad way now.
1: Yeah, especially Indiana. Like, there's nothing like the Indiana college fan base. Oh yeah, no, that is the basketball. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is that is their thing. Um and uh, yeah, what a weekend. All right, well let's let's get into it. So we're gonna you know start by talking a little about the. The uh the Indiana game on on Sunday night, which again we, I would say in contrast to the Drake game where we you know went deep on it and then got a lot of stuff wrong. Let's just say in terms of how the game played out, I thought you know not to toot our own horn, we pretty much nailed it <laughs> on how that Indiana game was going to play out in terms of you know what the Canes need to do, where they had advantages. We both felt confident going in, felt it was a better matchup than Drake, and boy did that. Did that show up? Um, so why don't you just, first of all, just what are your initial thoughts and, and kind of feelings around, around? I think it was probably one of the better turnover performances we've ever had?
1: No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it was really nice to see Isaiah Wong have a bounce back game. Um, there was a stat going around. I can't remember it like verbatim 100%. I think it was that he's never had two single digit uh, points games in a row. Um, so he definitely came back after that Drake game with a vengeance Um, just offensively, man, when, when everything is clicking like it was, it was just, it's just so impressive and like fun to watch this team, just the way they move the ball, the unselfishness, um, every, I mean, everyone, it felt like everyone kind of contributed to this win. Um, And I was still, I mean, I think that there was some possessions where, you know, they kind of burned us a little bit. Uh, on de- on the defensive end, but I was still really impressed with our defense. You know, I think, you know, um, oh, this is what I was going to bring up to you, Vishnu. So, our defense. You know how I talked about um, last year where our defense was during the regular season versus like the tournament run. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, Ken Palm rankings, which are like the advanced rating rankings, um, and looking at the defensive uh, efficiency in particular, and we've moved up about forty spots just in these two games yeah, yeah, because of the Drake performance in Indiana. So pretty impressive. I mean, you can see, if you've been watching games all season, these past two games, you see the difference. Um, But, I mean, like like I was going to say, though, I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is an amazing talent. Um, He's going to be playing in the NBA. I mean, he burned us a few times. Um, He just is really good at finishing um, right at the rim, even if you know what move he's going to do. Um, I think you saw what he can do on the defensive end. He had a few block shots as well. But, I mean, it was just – it came down to us spreading them out on offense, being able to score. We could – I mean, we got to the basket relatively easy. They couldn't really keep up with us, and that's something that me and you talked about going into this game that we really liked. Um, And so there was just this ability to create offense that wasn't there in the first game against Drake, right? Um, So – I mean, you got to feel good about this game if you're a Canes fan. Um, the other thing I want to say, too, is, I mean, the effort just in terms of like hitting the offensive boards and the fact that it wasn't just like Norchad. Obviously, Norchad did a great job, but Isaiah Wong too, um, Jordan Miller, everyone just, you know, not giving up um, on plays. You know, it just really shows like you you have to do that if you want to win in an atmosphere like this against really good teams, you know.
0: Yeah, and and I think, you know, you're drawing parallels to last year in terms of the defensive jump. I think one of the things that plays into that is, you know, regular season's a grind, and we are amazing offensively, and frankly, we outscored a lot of teams where I don't know that the effort was necessarily there defensively, possession to possession, and the focus wasn't there. And to be honest, it probably didn't I, – I hate to say it didn't need to be, though. Um, mm-hmm. You can't – they're not machines. They're men. Like you're going to wear out if you do that. And actually I think that's why Virginia stinks in the tournament pretty regularly other than their one miracle run. Like you grind, you play that grinding defense starting in, in, you know, early November, by the time you get to March, you're exhausted. You know, it's not the NBA with the shorter shot clock either. You're digging in there for 30 seconds. Like, and I, and I think, you know, now it's money time. You're going to, you know, every ball is contested. Every every everything is contested by both teams. You're just not going to have those, you know, lazy closeouts, slow rotations. Everything, everyone. This is both teams, and in, in, in um, it, you're just going to be much more locked in, and and you know, not take a possession off. And and that extends to the rebounding as well. With the, you know, I saw Nigel Pack getting in there and, and wrestling rebounds away. Like just everyone understands that every ball matters. Every possession matters now. Um, And for a team like us, which is undersized, but athletic, you know, we do have to use our effort to make up for it. And it's just impossible to every single game throughout the regular season, grinding it out to bring that level of effort consistently. Like you're just not going to be able to do it. But now, you know, six games over three weeks, hopefully knock on wood, Mm -hmm. you can do it for that. And I think we saw that last year too. And, And I think we're seeing that again. Like, like you said, the rebounding was really impressive. The other thing, I mean, I'm just going to clear the floor for you here because as the uh, since you are the uh, the president of the Jordan Miller fan club, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to I'm just going to open it up. Please talk about his offensive and defensive contributions. He was amazing, but I'm not going to speak more on him because I am clearing the floor for you to uh, the floor is yours. And you have as much time as you want to talk about Jordan Miller.
1: No, man, I I absolutely love Jordan Miller. He's he's a good kid. He's a he's a he's a good guy. Um, I say kid, but he's, you know, (laughs) what, like fifth year, fifth year, senior. So, um, but no, he's, he's just an unselfish player. And I mean, you saw that more so, I mean, last year he took a lesser role because he kind of had to, you know, and he played more of that four position, you know, he wasn't really looked at to create his own offense. It was more like, Hey, hit these back cuts, hit these, you know, score off ball, right? Essentially. Um, the ball wasn't in his hands as much, um, but he was ultra efficient when it was. And I think now we're seeing that kind of pay off this season because he's so good with the ball. He doesn't turn it over. Um, he's a really good team de- defender. He can switch on to pretty much anyone on offense. Um, great rebounder. He fights for every loose ball. Um, and then just his overall length, too, because he's six seven, but he has a seven-foot wingspan. Um, So he has that ability, you know, to, to be uh, a good defender athletically and because of his size. Um, But yeah, he's, he's a really smart player. I think you see that you see more of his passing ability this year. Um, That's something that, you know, we didn't really see too much of last year, just because we had so many guards, you know, and guys that could score. Um, But he's... Yeah, he's a big reason why, you know, we've made it this far. And, you know, like he didn't have a, the best game, and I'm sure he'll be the one to say that too in the first matchup, but he still does those little things that don't show up on the stat sheet, and that's why I love him as a player.
0: Yeah, and that, and I thought the turning point – I mean, I thought we obviously came out and just jumped them, And then – but the kind of the, the inflection point in the first half, they obviously ended up taking the lead briefly in the second half, but was, you know, Norchak gets a second foul – and we mm-hmm. tried Walker and Casey on Jackson Davis and they were getting roasted and Jordan Miller raised hands. And said, I'm going to check this guy. And he's so talented. He's still going to get his, but the amount of effort he then had to put in mm-hmm. in relation to when Walker and K- it turned the game to the point that when we opened the second half, we left Jordan Miller on him. We did not go. Norchad was the help defender in the second half. I don't know yeah. if you caught that.
2: Like, cause early
0: on, Norchad was on the ball defending Jordan Miller did such a good job fronting him, denying him, making him work for his position. That by the time the second half came around, that was just the way we were covering him. I mean, yeah. and, and you mentioned he's six seven. This guy's an NBA big. He he met the challenge, and that you talked about his like high character. That that is this is someone that see, sees his team in trouble and says, "Forget this. I'm taking this. I'm taking yeah. on this responsibility." And he did it at such a high level. We actually switched our defensive coverage up. Said, well, this is working better than, than plan A. Let's just keep doing this. And that allowed Norchet also to be the help defender, which is actually better because when Jordan's helping like like you mentioned, I mean Jackson Davis is so like I, I was obviously there. Like he is so good. Like at yeah. halftime, I looked up. He only had hit only. He had 11 points. I was like, it feels like he has 20. He is yeah. everywhere. Everything's running through him. But by having the bigger, like having Norchad as the help defender, it's better than having Jordan Miller come out, just because he's bigger and you know, as, as Jackson is doing moves, you, get, you can get your body into him as the help defender a little bit more. And 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 then and Jordan Miller's better able to front because he's quicker. So I think that's switching coverage. But that all started with Jordan Miller just basically saying, like, this guy's not going to win the game by himself. I'm going to take him yeah. out of it. And obviously you can't take someone that talented out of it. But he bothered him. He made him really work. It did grind their offense down. No one else was really doing anything. Um mm-hmm. And that was all on him. It was so impressive because you mentioned he's undersized. Like if you, like he's really a guard. It's It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. That man's character.
1: Yeah. Well, and just the fact, like a lot of what you said too, about like positioning and understanding, you know, where to be when guarding someone in the post like that, you know, it's understanding like what he's, what trace Jackson Davis is trying to do and stuff. And Jordan Miller understands that, right. It's a, it's part of that IQ thing. You know, he understands, you know, how to front him, you know, like where he likes to catch it in the post, you know, how, you know, he likes to spin off or whatnot. Um, but the other thing, too, is, man, Jordan Miller on offense was going right at him. He there was like two, I want to say like two or three times he got blocked once, but I thought one of them was definitely a goaltend. I don't know if you caught. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, there, there yeah. was
0: one. Yeah, there was it was in the second half. Yeah, he goaltended. And then I think we got the rebound and got fouled.
1: Yeah, it was Isaiah Wong, um, I think. Yeah, and then
0: I, yeah, Jordan went and talked to the ref after the Yeah, no, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. It was definitely but, goal-tender. but
1: um, no, he, he went right at him, too, and he used his body to create space and you know was able to finish through the contact. And um, that was something like, I mean, last year we didn't really see that as much, you know, so um, definitely impressive and um, huge part of the team's success uh, and why they were able to win.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was also a big key. Cause again, they did go in
1: like a 13-0 run
0: spanning the halves because and took the lead, yeah. right? I and, mean, and and I think the mentality change because we were doing a little bit of fading away now. And then at some point early in the second half, I think it started with Jordan Miller, but everyone's just like, I don't care if this guy blocks, I'm gonna keep going at him. And you, know, you can only block so many shots before, just like he's not gonna have 20 blocks. Like, you're gonna no. get to the line, which we did, you're gonna finish a lot of those. And I think that just mentality I don't care if he's bigger, I don't care if he blocks me, we'll get the ball back and go up again. And and I think there was a there was kind of a, a change in mentality there because I thought in the first half, a little bit, I thought we came out shooting well, but we were definitely like shying away from going all the way to the rim. And there were opportunities at the, the end of the half. Actually, Wong did a really good job of racing it up the court to go two for one, got into the paint, and then thought he was going to get blocked and didn't didn't go up with it. And we, yeah. ended up, we ended up running, and then Benji Joseph ended up getting blocked after throwing something wild up there because the shot clock was running out. Like, we could have two for one then. And I thought the second half, you know, in similar situations, I'm going to go up with this if he blocks it, he blocks it. Like And, yeah. and you got to like, make him make that spectacular play over and over again eventually made eventually gotten some foul trouble not all the way like where they had to bench him but he had to be a little bit more cautious because you get to three fouls like he doesn't want to pick up that fourth he's a little bit less aggressive and I thought Jordan like you said Jordan Miller's so quick that not quick and like explosive just like he gets a shot up and yeah. he was able to score over him a few times and then he gave him a couple of pump fakes and I think at that point like Jackson Davis like just was not confident going for those blocks anymore because he didn't want to pick up a foul and you know, kudos to the team. They didn't shy away from any of that. They just kept going at him.
1: Yeah. No. And you mentioned too, the other thing, um, right at the half, they, they, I mean, they made that three, I think to cut it to five. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, coming out of the half, they had two plays that were definitely like drawn up that they kind of worked out, but I mean, their offense, they kind of stuck around for like a little bit, but then it kind of reverted back because I thought right out of the half, um, I was like, oh, no, the first like two, three plays for them on offense, because the one thing that they weren't really doing was moving and rotating the ball really quickly to get to the other side of the basket, because a lot of Miami's pressure is stay on one side of the floor, essentially. Don't let them have that. And then if they if they try to pass it across court, you get those steals. But they were doing like a pretty decent job of like, you know, rotating the ball pretty quickly. But I think we did a good job of even just adjusting to not even letting them getting in. Get in positions um, to make us pay in that regard, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the defensive intensity has definitely ramped up with this team, um, and, and it's—I mean, I know we're still talking about Indiana, but it's—it's going to be really interesting. This yeah, and, and that—that's yeah, and
0: that's a good transition point because one of the other things I want to talk about from the Indiana game, which I as an extension of what do you think happens against Houston, is so on Sunday when we talked, you know, we mentioned. They have a legitimate big Indiana. Are we going to mm-hmm. see more – are we going to see A.J. Casey? Because he didn't play against Drake. We saw him first. He actually came in before Walker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they both played. Neither of them were, were effective, to be honest. Um, or I don't I, – I think Walker is probably more effective. And when he gets his athleticism going, like, he's, again, It's <laughs> like let's say oh. so – God, just stand by the rim and just, like, be athletic.
1: All yeah. he – like, it's just look for the spacing when your guy goes to help off. Mm-hmm. Like, all you have to do is cut to the basket. And he did it a couple times. No, he he had yeah. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, he did. He had that guns. dunk and stuff. Yeah. And, it's and he's just...
0: actually good finishing, like, 10 feet yeah. in. And then he wants to take a mid-range or a three-pointer. I'm like, no. just Like, he could actually – but anyway, I think he was definitely better than Casey in that game. But I think yeah. we needed both. We need both to get mid because, again, you want to run numbers at, at Jackson Davis. So, like, now, you know, pivoting to Houston – Why don't you talk a little bit about, I I know they're basically the best defensive team in the country. So we're going to have to talk about that too. But, uh, you know, just in terms of, they also score 75 points a game and, you know, they're not bad offensively. So I guess, how do you think that the Canes, I guess, maybe talk a little bit about how Houston scores, like what their offense is like, and then also how you think the Canes will try to defend them.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they're a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Yeah. so a tough matchup when you look at it that way. I mean, the first thing that I see is like, and I think the thing that's talked about a lot is that both teams are kind of undersized just because, you know, like Jairus Walker, there's their starting center and Jawan Roberts, their other big man. They're both, I think Jairus Walker is 6'8 and Jawan Roberts is 6'7. Um, but I mean, don't let it fool you. Jawan Roberts is probably one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. Uh, along with being one of the best shot blockers. Um, and Jairus Walker is a legit NBA talent. I think he's going in like the, the lottery and a lot of the mock drafts just because of his versatility as a big man. Um, there's a lot of player comps to like a Paul Millsap or that type of big. So, you know, a guy that's kind of undersized but can do a lot of things on the floor. Um, and I mean, they're guards, I mean, I think that's, in my opinion, why they're so good with Sheed and also Marcus Sasser. Um, Obviously, the health is one thing going into this game, I think, you know, that should be talked about. We don't know how close to 100% they are. Um, Obviously, they played last game. um, I'm blanking. Who did Houston play last game? Auburn. Um, And they played pretty well. Um, But, I mean. Yeah. So,
0: so Auburn was up, I want to say, 10 or close to it and a half. Yeah. And. All right, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Houston's defense in a little bit, but they just
1: choked the life out of Auburn. There was nothing yeah. happening in the second half. But well, and, and the thing about Auburn too is, I, I like Auburn has some undersized guards, right? But the thing about Auburn, they're athletic and whatnot. It's a different Auburn team that we saw last year from the tournament. Oh yeah, but hmm. they aren't the best three point shooting team. Right, it's not like when they had Jabari last year, and I mean he shot like forty something percent from three. Um, well, they I had think... him and, and
0: Kessler, so there's a completely different Auburn. Like, yeah, it's a completely different Auburn and, and the shoot. Yeah, they're not as good. Yeah, actually, so. well, and, and
1: Houston is such a good like perimeter defensive team. Um, that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me is just how physical they are. Like they're not scared to guard you one on one, and that's what makes this inter- this matchup so interesting is how do they handle our like free flowing ISO offense, you know, because we're so reliant on kind of going one-on-one to make plays or create offense. Um, But definitely very physical. Um, You see that in the statistics as well. I think that um, out of, out of, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but um, they commit, like, I think they allow I think they're 288th out of six, 363 Division One teams um, in like fouls for free throw attempts allowed. So essentially nice. they commit a lot of fouls. Yeah. Um, and obviously us being one of the best free throw teams in the country, I think we're top 20 right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something major to talk about. Um, and then also too, I mean, they, the fact with like how we play, we don't generate a super insane amount of free throw attempts. I don't think, um, um, com- relative to how we play, but I mean, in this game, there's going to be that opportunity in my opinion. Um, so that's going to be one of the major things, um, going forward and, you know, foul trouble, because if they get some of their guys in foul trouble, I mean, it's going to help us. Um, but on the contrary, when another team is playing phys- physical, like that with you, you the kind of reaction is to kind of do that back so can we stay you know within our game and you know not commit silly fouls you know Norchad has had some problems with that and we need him this game that's going to be a major thing um those are kind of like the main things i'm looking at and then maybe or not maybe sorry and then also our ability to shoot the three as well because houston is one of the best perimeter teams i think that Teams, teams are shooting uh, 27% from three against against them, which is, like, one of the best in the country. 27% is really darn good. Um, how much of that is, you know, who you're playing in your conference, you know, like, in terms of, like, you know, SEC, for instance, they don't really shoot threes at a high level um, versus, you know, um, your actual uh, defense um you know, making those types of plays. Um, that's kind of like what I'm looking forward to in this in this matchup.
0: Yeah, and, and that you mentioned the physicality. That's what especially in the second half against Auburn, like and I know our obviously we're a much better team than Auburn and we're a much better guard-oriented team, but mm-hmm. they they kicked it, Houston kicked it up a notch, and it was just I mean, Auburn could not really do anything. Like they couldn't even get into their offense at all. And this is after they put up, I want to say, almost 40 points in the first half. It was one of Houston's worst defensive halves in the first half. It's like they flipped a switch, and <laughs> yeah, was, it was done. It was done. They ended up winning by like 20 or so. It was a blowout in the end. They completely yeah, no, they... just they boat raced them in the second half. So I guess ha- we we have been a team. You mentioned this actually when we were talking before the Indiana game that. Um, You know, the surprising thing about the Drake game was that our drought lasted that long. But we have had periods of, you know, those three, four, five minutes not not making a basket against Drake. It was more like 10. So that's why it was kind of like, where is this coming from? But uh, I guess should we at all be concerned that, you know, even that Houston routinely causes those sorts of droughts and something we've been a little bit plagued with? And do you think our defense is good – our new defense that we've seen the last two games, is that good enough to to essentially also, like, counter those – the droughts with stops of their own? Or, or like, how, how difficult is it going to be for us to guard guard Houston here?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that scares me the most is the versatility and then the fact that they're one of the best teams when it comes to uh, getting offensive rebounds. Um it's just how do we show up on defense, right? Like, is it what we've seen the past two games or is it something else? Um, are we going to play with the same physical aggression that we've been playing with and, you know, of just wanting, you know, to rebound, get the ball um, and just guard and get at them? That's going to be the biggest thing because this is going to be a like a matchup when it comes to physicality that we have not dealt with because it's something, it's a different animal. But at the same time too, I mean, Houston, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but they're a mid-major team. You know, they play in the AAC. They play against you know some different competition. Um, well, so first- so
0: you bring that up. That was actually going to be my next question, so I'll just tee it up oh, for okay. you. Their record is gaudy. Their stats are gaudy. Their competition is not. How much yeah. of, in your opinion, um, how much of how impressive they look is based on the competition versus? Because I mean, we keep talking about how they're great, def- and I think they are legitimately. Like they jump, their 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 physicality jumps off the screen at you. Like when you watch them play, like it's like this team is physical. Yeah. But how much of that is also how much of a step up is having to play Miami for them? Based on you know, if you look at that, they've lost three games this year. Uh, one was to Memphis in the in the America, whatever it's called now, the American Conference, I think. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> AAC. Um, uh, in the championship game, without without Sasser, they lost to Temple, which is where really their only bad loss, and they they lost to Alabama.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah and I think Alabama is probably one of the better offenses. I mean, probably the best offense that they've played. Um, I'm trying to think of who else they played. I know they played Kent State and Oral Roberts, but those are kind of you know mid major teams. That yeah, I got their schedule, um, up, and I don't really see anything that to. to... Yeah, so I mean. The biggest thing is, like, it's it's so hard. I don't want to say it's, like, fluky, but, like, in a way, like, you have to take these numbers with, like, a grain of salt as well because when you look at the conference they're playing in, um, and it's, like, you don't know how good these, you know, really good mid-major teams are um, at this level. Obviously, Houston's really good until they start playing, this type of competition on a consistent basis. And the thing too, is like that people don't understand is like, how are they going to be when they're in a close game? You know, Um, like if they're in a close game with Miami and, you know, every possession matters at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the game in the last few minutes, because it's completely different. You know, when you're playing conference games and you're routinely beating teams by like 30 or 20, it's a it's a different animal. And they have a few teams in their conference that are pretty solid. Obviously, Memphis made the tournament. I think UCF is in their conference as well, who they were pretty solid this year. Um Yeah,
0: I'm just I, I do have their uh <clears throat> the, their schedule up. Um, so we can uh, take a look here. Um actually I had it up twice and I'm sharing the wrong one just a second. <laughs> oh good I, I i took a guess at it it was well the reason is i can't scroll on that one when i'm doing this anyway a oh, little it. bit a little bit behind the scenes here on me trying to do multitasking so i have another screen over here that i usually share off of um that way i can like scroll up and down and still see the uh the studio here so all right there we go um so anyway this is their schedule um so yeah there's a couple of you mentioned they they've played some solid competitions. been inconsistent you can see the alabama virginia. a lot yeah they played virginia in one one of the things that I'm noticing, and let me do a little zoom in here. Um, you are kind of seeing against the better competition, what goes is the offense. Um, it's, it, like, they have these gaudy offensive numbers putting up 80 points and all that. Then when they play Alabama, at 65. Obviously, Virginia is a great defensive team, but and they won, but 69. They're not hitting those 80s against, you know, some of their better competition. Um, you mentioned SDF yeah. is a good team, 71. They're still winning, At level, the Temple game that they lost was they scored 55 points. Um So I think it's more there. It looks, again, this is just a cursor. This is, we're literally just looking at scores and team names. But uh, it does look like, you know, when they play the tougher competition, they they aren't really hitting those, necessarily hitting those higher scoring margins.
1: Mm-hmm. No, um, I mean, it, it makes sense. And, um I mean, it's just... It's tough to tell too because I mean you start off as a one seed playing against a sixteen seed, right? Um, it didn't look yeah. that good, by the
0: way. Um, in that, game. it was a close game yeah. for a while. Yeah, no, I mean that was closer than the Auburn
1: game, which I yeah. guess I guess we're not we're not ones to talk on that regard. But <laughs> well, and, and the Auburn matchup too is so interesting to me because you can afford to guard a certain way against Auburn because of their lack of you know shooting and stuff. And I mean that's kind of that's kind of how the sec there's not much great shooting um so them getting matched up with auburn auburn's obviously very tough they're physical as well but i mean it's kind of a matchup that you know it's it's hard to tell essentially you know what i mean um yeah and basketball so much about matchups like that
0: like we're not on on you know even keeled we're not as much better than indian as we showed it was just a great matchup for us right like we're better than them or we wouldn't have blown them out but like we're not whatever it ended up being 17 points better than that that was just like that was a nightmare matchup for them and we i mean we didn't want to be overconfident on sunday especially after what the way we played on friday but uh yeah i think we both were kind of like this is bad if we could pick like a a top 15 team to play this is the one we want to play and i do feel like i do feel like auburn similarly was a good matchup for houston just cause like yeah, like you said, Auburn is a, is a physical team, but they're not gonna like defensive, really good defensive teams. If you put them against a team that cannot shoot, it is game over. Yeah, um, you got to be able to shoot defenses out if if like because eventually, good defensive teams, you know, they they defend inside out, they take away and they force you to to knock down tough jump shots. And if you can't do that, it's just it's, – it's over. And Auburn's not – like you said, not a good jump shooting team. So I think that was a good matchup. For, I think both us and Houston had good matchups in the, in the second yeah. round to really kind of show both teams at their best. Um, oh, the other one that kind of showed up here, um, I don't know if – they also played St. Mary's,
1: who um, was a tournament team. And 53 points, they yeah. won.
0: 53 points like well and it's
1: it's interesting too so my buddy actually went to St. Mary's so I've I've seen St. Mary's play a lot this year um St. Mary's is another team that's a really good defensive team I mean obviously they're pretty good offensively they have uh they had Aiden Mahaney who's freshman I mean he had 30 point potential every game but I mean I could just see that that was just like a bloodbath of a game I'm sure you know I didn't I don't think I I don't remember watching that that I game mean, in particular, but I mean, yeah, you that's, can see that kind of matchup, you know. Yeah, the other thing with these games, and this is the other problem with them
0: playing in this conference. Like we're so talking early. about, yeah, it's like in November they played, you know, this team. On December tenth they played Alabama. I mean, that's how relevant. Like how how much are they the same team as the one that played these? Because once you get in the conference and then you look at their conference, they've not really been tested in several months against top competition so um yeah you know this- it's very
1: much similar to like when gonzaga gets in the tournament and they're like a high seed and you're like okay well how good is gonzaga mind you like you know the wcc has gotten a lot better in yeah. the past couple years but i mean i'm talking a little further back um so it's it's going to be a test and i'm i'm really interested in seeing you know how it goes for miami but um it's going to come down to our guards and stuff. And just how much, how much do we want it in terms of you know, uh, getting offensive rebounds, preventing them from getting re- offensive rebounds? Um, can we make threes? It's, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup.
0: All right. So, so kind of to, to wrap things up here a little bit, uh, why don't you give me uh, some, some kind of like, what does Miami need to do to win this game? What are the, the keys there? I think you touched on some of them there. Alrighty. Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, I mean, one of the first ones is, you know, you got to I mean, I, I don't want to say win the offensive rebound battle, because I think that might be kind of tough with them being the the second best in the nation at rebounding um, on the offensive glass. But I think you could definitely have to limit those and more so just limit the second chance opportunities. Right. Um an offensive rebound doesn't kill you if they don't score off of it essentially, right um, And then just being able to generate offense, like get our confidence going early, Isaiah we cannot afford to have Isaiah Wong have another game like he had against Drake. Hopefully that game against Indiana got his confidence really going. Um, and then to me too, like we need to be able to 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 hit open threes because we're not going to have that many opportunities. They they do a really good job of recovering and contesting threes. Um, so if we have an opportunity, maybe in transition or just off the catch in half court, um, we have to be able to knock those down.
0: Yeah, and I thought against Indiana, we actually didn't knock down as many as we probably, because they were not doing a good job of defending. Like the percentage no, looks good. The percentage looks good, but like Nigel Pack missed a lot of shots that you expect him to make. Um, and, and we, we missed some open threes where, you know, you feel like this week you got, like you said, you're not going to get infinite opportunities to shoot open threes like we frankly did against Indiana. And I think the percentage was fine. Obviously we scored 85 points, so everything was fine. But uh, but there, there was like an element of, ooh, you, should not, you need to knock those down, which obviously we got away with on Sunday. You're not, you know, if you have the number of open looks you get, you better make m- more of them. And I think – you know, we 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 had, and I'm just, I mean, I think for this conversation, we're all just assuming that Woga's fine. Um yeah. If he's injured, we're we're probably dead, to be honest. Like, I, I don't want to be that that pessimistic, but we can't. He's been playing so well, we can't afford. We're not beating Houston without all of our with all of our without all of our bullets in the gun. So yeah, I, I think assuming he's healthy, though, I think we just need. You know, we had we had he was playing solid against Indiana. He was playing okay um and got hurt. Um Norchad was a beast on the boards. Jordan Miller and, and Isaiah Wong were awesome. Pack not his best game, right? And I think well, he we started need... off
1: hot. Yeah, he, he, he
0: hit some shots early and then it just he started missing shots. He spent quite a lot of time on the bench too. I don't know if they're worried more defensively when we had the lead. He sat for a big period in the first half and he wasn't in foul trouble. Um but um yeah, I think we need all of them to play well at the same time. <laughs> I think I know it's just like a, a stupid that's that, that's that is that's typical dumb dumb AM radio analysis, but I I think we just need all of our we need all of our weapons firing like you mentioned, like we can't have a Drake a like performance from Isaiah Wong. I think we need the uh, we need the Drake uh, the Drake Nigel performance and the uh, and the Indiana Isaiah Wong performance and I think we'll be fine because I think they're the two that, because like Wooga and Jordan Miller and Norchad, and you talked about this with, with, uh, with Jordan Miller earlier, but I think it applies to all three of them. Even if they're not like shooting well, they fill up the stat sheet. They impact the game in, like a lot of yeah. different ways, defensively, deflections, rebounding. Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong do the scoring. Like that is their thing. We need them both to score well. Um, and I think if they do, I think we'll be fine. Um, if, if either of them like is not on and not scoring, then it's going to be really hard for us to against this defense, I think to get enough points. But I, I think if both of them could score, because the other ones, the other ones are bonus, right? Like if if Woga's making a bunch of shots, great. If he's not, he's yeah. still defending. He's still rebounding. He's still probably our best guy at steals other than maybe Bensley Joseph. He's still disruptive. Like if Wong isn't scoring, he's kind of like not adding value to be honest. And, like, Pat, Pac is probably a negative defender. Like, he's got to be scoring. So, yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why the pressure's on those two to really just deliver.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be interesting coming down to, like, I mean, because we didn't talk about this either, seeing who's going to be matched up on who, you know. Because for me, it's like when you have someone like Jairus Walker who can kind of play on the perimeter, shoot the three and stuff, like, do you put Jordan Miller on him? And then they have Juwan uh, – uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his last name. I think it's Roberts, um, the guy that hits the offensive glass a lot. Um, he's a good defender too. It's Roberts. He's not, yeah, it is Roberts. Okay, I shouldn't yeah. doubt myself. Um, I mean, do you put Norchad on him because he's more of an interior player and then Norchad can roam a little bit? Obviously not too much because you want to give, op- give up offensive rebounds. Um, and then for the guards, you know, who do you put Nigel on? Um. That's that's gonna be the biggest thing. Do you put Wuga on on uh, Marcus Sasser? Um, that's that's gonna be the thing that I'm most interested in saying.
0: I, I would say to answer the other two is a really interesting question. I don't have a good answer for. It depends on like you know how they want to play it. I think Wuga is definitely gonna get the first shot at guarding Marcus Sasser. I think the one great thing with Coach Al if it's not working, like he'll switch it up. Like he's not gonna just yeah. persist with it. Um. So yeah, I think Wugga will probably get the first shot there. He's probably the best like for like matchup. And also, again, just he's not as frankly, like offensively, we're gonna need Wong and, and Nigel to do a lot of the generation of the offense. And Woga c- can frankly rest a little bit more offensively. He's not having to drive into the paint repeatedly. He can, and he's actually done a good job of doing it, but he Yeah, that's recent that's, especially yeah, too. Yeah, but that's not the offense. Like the offense yeah. is really with Wong and, and, and Pac trying to handle the ball. So, you also don't want one of them to also have to expend a bunch of energy defensively if we can. So, I think we'll probably start that way. The other thing um, uh, before we're going to do predictions in a second is, you know, when we played Auburn last year, we were like, how are we going to match up? They have two NBA bigs. Yeah. And we did it by having Jordan Miller just kick Kessler's ass so bad they had to pull him. <laughs> and. <laughs> I do wonder, he's always, he's so hard to guard, and I know Houston's athletic, so it's not going to be like that, mm. but I do wonder if we can force them to mess their rotation up. We are really hard to guard. I mean, this is what Coach Larry has said after the game. When we're playing our game, we're hard to guard, Yeah, and some of this is also, what are we going to do to them? Like, is it just trading blows and see who blinks first? Because the Auburn game last year was some of that, like they were trying to work it through the post to Kessler and we were just going to Jordan Miller. And I think he scored the first six points of the game or something, just hitting the mid range that, you know, Kessler's not comfortable coming out and guarding again, Houston's a different animal than that team, but you know, how much are we able to force the issue just because we're, we're a tough team to guard. We're awkward to match up with. And sometimes the solution for the opponent is I can't match up with my starters. I gotta, you know, go smaller or, or mix my rotation up and, you know, can we force the issue like that, too?
1: Yeah, it's I mean, I don't know, man, because those those two bigs that they have are pretty versatile. Yeah. Maybe and Juwan, that's John Roberts, maybe more less of. Um, but Jarris Walker is someone that's for his size because he's kind of a bigger guy. He can move really well. So unless unless Jordan Miller's just able to kill him, like with his patience, you know, because he's really good with that. Um, and his ability to create space with that. I mean, if they might not even be matched up against each other, that would be something that I could see, you know, but.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be a much tougher ask, but we do, I guess my, my overall point is because we're such an awkwardly constructed team, we do sometimes force teams out of their comfort zone and out of yeah. like, sometimes their plan, A just won't work against us um i think that probably happened to indiana quite a bit uh you know and so so maybe we can it's a lot of we're doing a lot of like man how are we going to do that how are we going to deal with this thing houston does how are we going to deal with that thing houston does well also they yeah. got to deal with us too
1: yeah and they play at a really slow pace especially offensively so that's what's going to be really interesting too
0: yeah and i guess the last thing i think it, i think and i hate to bring this up because there's nothing something you don't want to think about coming into the game but you know how tightly the game is officiated, assuming hmm. it's officiated evenly, like if they let Houston get away with a lot of contact, or even if they just let's let's say Houston, if they allow both teams to play, that is in Houston's favor. Um, oh, absolutely, and, and or if they if they have a quick whistle and they then that's in our favor, and that could be a huge difference in this game. You mentioned earlier we're a great free throw shooting team, getting them into foul trouble, all that stuff. We're also, you know, we rely a lot on ball handling, and and if we're forced to, and I think this happened a little bit against Drake as well, play through a lot of contact, like the bumps and the reaches and all, it messes our game up. Um, and on the other hand, if they call those as fouls, you know, Houston gets into foul trouble early. They've got to back off a little, and our offense is able to float. So I think let's just assume there's not going to be, like, one-sided officiating. Um, you know no.
1: is, is is it usually by conference the the officiating like is it like yeah. a...
0: well so it'll be neutral officials um... like from
1: another conference right
0: well they don't really or... do the the straight um... so in, in basketball it's not con- the officials aren't assigned to a conference they roam
1: yeah um... so i was gonna say hopefully we don't get any sec ones because <laughs> they let them play
0: <laughs> yeah no i mean I, I think yeah I think it's gonna be you know just depends on on luck of the draw there and also sometimes you know it I mean the officiating just in general again not talking bias or anything is so bad in college sports that that I mean it is a little bit even if you have a have an official that's like okay this guy and I think the reason it's so bad is it's inconsistent and so you get yeah You'll have the same ref call one game tight and the next game like let all the contact go. Even it's the same guy. So it's not necessarily, oh, this ref calls it tight. This ref lets contact go. It's more like, what mood is he in today?
1: Yeah.
0: But <laughs> so yeah, we're just have to obviously if they're calling it tight, it's to our advantage. Cause it take it declaws Houston a little bit. If they're letting him get away with contact – I mean we can play through it. We've done it all year. Like we not we don't have a problem with it. But I I'm hoping they call a lot of fouls early on them and we can. And we can, uh, you know, because for- that forces them to back off too a little
1: bit. Yeah. No, absolutely.
0: All right, man. Let's, let's it's the uh, the grand moment here. Um, so, we, Elite Eight last year. Um, I'd much rather be playing Iowa State. I'll I'll say that much. But uh, again, like last year. But um, all right, how, how do you think this this is gonna play out? And throw us a prediction here.
1: You know, I've been going back and forth about it. Um, I've heard a few people like in the college basketball world talk about this matchup and talk about it being the most interesting game of this round. Um, I have every faith in our ability to play defense. I don't think it's a fluke based on the first two games. Um, I think that's the difference. I think that it's going to be tough offensively and it's going to be an adjustment maybe in the, in the uh, first few minutes, first half, even maybe, but I think we get it done. I think we win. I'm going to go 73, 70 Miami.
0: All right, man. You, you, everyone heard that, right? So like uh, the Oracle has spoken. Uh, go Don't ahead. say that. Go, go, go ahead and uh, book your elite eight tickets. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just say like, I, I think this is the, I think the reason everyone's saying this is interesting is um, it's a, it, it's just the matchup is so hard to get a read on. I think. Yeah. Um, if it you know if the game goes a certain way, it favors one team versus the other. It's not like the Drake game we felt like they're kind of a worse version of us. The Indiana game are like that's a great matchup for us. This one's more neutral. Um, I just I mean I so the thing the other kind of interesting thing here is these are two teams that were in the Elite Eight last year. So no I don't expect anyone to really be overwhelmed by the moment. Um, so kind of some of that stuff kind of goes goes by the wayside. At um, the end of the day, um, I'm going to echo what I said last week at this time, which is, you know, this team went to the Elite Eight last year and set a goal to go beyond that. And they were talking about it in the offseason. And, you know, a lot of people, you lost, you know, you lost McGusty, you lost Wardenberg, you lost Charlie Moore. Like, you're not even going to be nearly as good. And they're sitting here. <laughs> with an opportunity to do just that, to get back to where they were. And hopefully this time, you know, take the next step. I obviously they can lose like anyone can lose. I think this team has so much character that I agree with you. It's going to be tight and in a tight game, I I'll bet on these guys. So I think we'll, I think we'll win this game. I think it'll, you know, similar to where you are. I think it'll be like a one possession game, but I, I, I think, I think they'll get it done. They're, this team – there's a reason I – like, I don't always travel around the country watching the NCAA tournament.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, man, you you traveling everywhere. You stay well, in Albany for a
0: bit. You... Well, yeah, I know. I'm going to Kansas City. Um, But but there's something about – I felt this way for a long time. And actually, like, two months ago – I mean, I can pretty much take vacation whenever I want. I'm senior enough. But, like, two months ago, I was, like, just, like, I put in – I'm, like, I put on my calendars and everything. Like, I'm taking these days off. And I put the Sweet 16, too. Because I didn't know, you know, he could play Thursday, could play Friday. Don't know. I'm like, I'm not missing this. There's something special about this team, and obviously, I love the University of We both do these. This is our team. This is our program. And anytime they're in the tournament, you know, we live and die with every shot, whether they have a realistic chance to win or not. There was something about this team this year. I was like, this team's different, and and I feel like, the, I feel like I still feel that way, and and you know, that's not a good analysis necessarily it's almost like mystical but um yeah I, I believe it believe in this team to the extent that i'm i'm following them around the country and whenever this this train ends i will be in the stadium so and that was not normal like last year actually last year i did end up in chicago but um for just the last game but <laughs> i didn't go to the other ones um and that was and i'll be honest last year going to chicago i was like we're probably gonna lose um this was after the Iowa State game. I was at a wedding in Texas and I changed my return flight to go through Chicago so I could go to the game and then oh, wow. went, through, went through there and then came back to DC at night. So I was in Chicago for like five hours for the game. But um, in my head, I'm like, we've never made this far before. We might never do so again. I want to be there. This time, I am going for a different reason, which is I think we're going to win. <laughs> and I want to be there when we win. And so oh it's God. kind of, so uh, that's not the reason we're going to win, obviously. But I mean, that's, that's what my feeling on this team has been really for months. Um, as it started to come together, when, when we you could see like, you know, you never know when you have guys coming in, like how they're going to fit in and all that. When you could see like how special Norchad is, mm-hmm. how, how much of a team player Nigel Pack is. Cause you kind of think you're, you're bringing this kid in who's, he scores a lot of points. Is he going to fit in with the team? And you kind of like, man, he's a great teammate. And we start seeing that stuff coming. i like, man, this team is really something else. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like you know, Woga, the the guy who Kansas's halftime adjustment was just don't guard that guy; he won't shoot it. Like no one in no the right mind would try to do that now. He'll shoot. He'll score 50 points. Like I mean, like when you saw all that improvement, I'm like, this team can do some stuff. And I still, I still believe that. And by stuff, I didn't mean get to the second weekend.
1: And you know what's so crazy to me? Obviously, we're focused on this season because this yeah. season's not done. But you look at it, and obviously Jordan Miller is going to be gone no matter what because, you know, he doesn't have any eligibility left. But you could essentially return everyone else, I think, right, on roster, which is insane for a team that, you know, with how they've, you know, the run they've been on the past two years. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, win or lose, I think we're winning, but... You know, we should still, you know, have a lot of hope and stuff with, you know, where this program is. And, yeah, th-
0: this, this, I think, in contrast to the other, because we've been at this stage several times. We've obviously won this game once, but, you know, Jim Laranegas made the Sweet 16. This is the fourth time, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. And then, and then, obviously, the Loyola game was like, that team was definitely, that was Final Four caliber, right? So, I mean, we've had good teams, but it's always been, this is the first time we've strung multiple ones together. It does yeah. feel like, to your point, whatever happens, and again, we both expect the team to win, and it'll be very disappointing if they don't. I think what's different about this time is this does not like again. We'll see the opposite of what I felt last year. I was like, I'm going to Chicago knowing that Kansas is a monster and they're probably going to beat us, <laughs> but we might never get this far again. I got to be in the yeah. arena. This does not feel at all like that. This feels like we might be here next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. And and I think that's the foundation he's, he's built here and this time it feels like it's sustaining much more yeah. than, than the other ones, which felt much more like end of a cycle stuff, a bunch of seniors together, you know, that that 2013 team was very much lightning in a bottle and it did not, you know, you weren't like, Oh, 2014, we're going to build up. No, it was like, that was clearly like a one-off, for that period of time and then when the L- a- angel rodriguez and sheldon mcclellan when that team reached their top you know villanova beat them you're like okay end of a cycle and then you had to cycle back through to like when when uh, lonnie walker and bruce brown and then obviously that's the loyola one so they didn't get the sweet 16 but they were certainly that caliber and then there's a dip we missed the dip this time
2: yeah.
0: and i and i think because we did lose mcgusty and moore and mortenburg the fact that we're able to replace them not just with NIL i know that's been all the press right but you know north shadow mirror is nicaraguan i don't think he wanted to go play in syracuse like he wanted to be in miami yeah well he has a miami background yeah so he he yeah he, uh, he also yeah but i mean come on like us attracting like our point guards like our backup point guard six man haitian like where does he want to be <laughs> like <laughs> i mean some of this is so but i think you know it wasn't just the, it wasn't just Pack and, and Norchad coming in right. It was also like development of players in house. Mensley, Joseph, and Wigger Poplar are so much better than they were last year. And it, and there's no reason to think the three freshmen we brought in this year are are going to are not going to make similar steps forward. And then you're talking about you know having Casey and Favor and 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 Watson um, playing you know, major parts of this team next year. And all of a sudden, yeah, you mentioned Jordan Miller is the one that has to go. I'd be shocked if everyone else is back. Let me just put it that way. Like, I, I think, I think, I think, I think Isaiah Wong in particular is, I mean, he's one ACC player of the year. He's, he's, I don't know that his stock will ever go up from where it is now. Now he could come back to say, I think we can win the championship if we come up short. And that might be the goal. It might be a team goal, but from an individual standpoint, like, He's, he's NBA ready. Um, Nigel Pack. I don't know what his draft grade would look like. He might come back. He's, yeah, too, I think
1: too, he's, he, yeah, he kind of has to come back. He's, right. I don't think he, he, cause he kind of was like a late bloomer in terms of this season, you know, Right. I and mean, that's what can kind of happen when you transfer. I mean, Jordan yeah. Miller talked about how that was the case for him last season. Um, I definitely think he needs another year. I don't think he would be drafted Um, this year it would be more of like a two-way deal or whatnot, Um, especially because of his size, you know, being six foot. Yeah. So, but I
0: I think I'd be surprised if Zay is back and then Jordan Miller goes, but then we have three freshmen who all look talented enough that if they're developed – and even, like, favorite error when he's been on the court does not look good. If you remember, Ibuku's his first year did not yeah. look like he knew how to play yeah. basketball. He was a really good center by the time he left. And, and Even so,
1: Ja'Kiri, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ja-Kiri. that's true.
0: Yeah, he couldn't even really, like, didn't know how to position himself and all that. So, like, L specializes in developing players as well. So this does feel, like, sustainable. Um, yeah. And, and so I think it's an exciting time regardless. But, you know... After we cut down the Nets in Houston, we can talk about next year. Um, so uh, let's just let's just speak that into existence.
1: Anyway, hey, I'll see you in Houston for sure. All I'm right, all
0: right, Houston. all right. If, if, all right, we will we'll definitely meet up in Houston. Um, yeah. So all right, so let's do this then uh, as we kind of wrap this up. If the Canes win on Friday, let's talk Saturday and, and talk previewing whoever they're playing, which will be uh, oh, yeah. Xavier, Texas. They, yeah, I can if, do that, if, if, if they, if they don't, then let's, uh, let's meet up next week and we'll kind of uh, wrap this season up and, and kind of talk, then we'll really d- dig into the, what next for the Canes uh, okay. discussion. That yeah, so, Sounds good. So in summary, I'll talk to you on Saturday and uh, as always uh,
1: go Canes. Absolutely.
0: Save big on brunch for mom
1: all in the Kroger app.